Who gets to ask the million dollar question first? Trey or me? That's the question we will pose before we chat with Brett Friedlander I, I, of Saturday Road. I figure out a better one, but I'll, I'll, I'll save it. Trey, why don't we start off with your million dollar question? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Fire it away to our guest, Brett Friedlander, of whom we are grateful I just, for his time today. I just would say, would it be the most go ACC thing if the reason... Hey, hey, hashtag go ACC. Hashtag go ACC thing is, is the reason Virginia Tech would make the ACC championship game is because Louisville lost to Pitt and North Carolina lost to Virginia? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I've got a gut feeling it's going to happen. So we'll, oh! we'll see. But, 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 here's, but here's the thing. I think if anybody's going to screw this up, it's going to be the Tar Heels because they've got to beat Clemson at Clemson for this to happen because if it's not a three-way tie, Virginia Tech is already eliminated. So there are so many moving parts here, but you're right. It would be the absolute most go ACC thing, and it would absolutely just kill. You know, the, the committee is looking for a reason to to knock Florida State out of the top four. And having to play a seven and five or whatever, I guess it would be seven and five. Uh, Virginia Tech team in, in the ACC championship game would probably be their excuse. Oh, strength of schedule. We're going to put a one-loss Alabama team in instead. So yeah, definitely. What are you talking about? That seven and five team's going to win the ACC. Let's go. <laughs> or that would be even that would be even more go ACC. Yes, you are right. Excuse me. Hashtag go ACC. After that for, first quarter against Florida State, Virginia Tech was seventeen and seventeen. You know, seven. They they tied them up. So they they got you tell. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, listen, I, I, I they played a very very motivated Louisville team and got off to a terrible start. And by the time they got their feet under him, it was, it was way too late. But you're right. I mean, look, they, they had, they had you know, the, the Seminoles uh, sweating for a little while. And, and I, I love, you know, everybody loving Chiron Drones, and, and I love what he's done for that offense. But that defense was ranked second in the ACC in sacks with 31. Last year, they were next to last in the ACC in sacks with 24 for the entire season. So, you know, I mean, the improvement there, and, and Antoine powell Ryland is just, I mean, he's been to the defense with Chiron Drums has been for the offense, and, and it, it's really a good team. I don't think it's a championship team just yet. But kudos to Brett Pry for, you know, for he didn't go out and totally remake the um, – the roster, the way Mario Cristobal did down at Miami, but he strategically got the right guys off the off the transfer portal. You know, Brashawn Tootin, another one who who had ever heard of him before before they brought him in, and you know, Jalen Lane, and and so uh, I, I, uh, listen, I if, if they get to the championship game, you got to give Brent Pride, you know, strong consideration for coach of the year, right? And Ollie Jennings, who's been out all the year and was lighting right. up the world in the first two games of the year. I, yeah, the the player eval has been really good. And if you're a fan, like the, I think Louisville is going to beat Miami because it's Miami. They're coming. Oh, 100 percent. But the, 100%. The, if you're looking at the in a serious question, like a, a good evaluator of a coach, you know, especially out of Virginia Tech, is player evaluation, and and it seems that Pry and his staff has figured that out. Absolutely. And by the way, I'm still not convinced that Louisville's going to going to win that game. And just because that would be the absolute Miami thing to do, you know. It's 
they, they've already shot their season down, and and they've got you know, Van Dyke is going to have to play quarterback because uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Emory Williams is out for the rest of the year with a broken arm. It's going to be like the, the Brennan Armstrong syndrome, where you know last week he came back and and had his best game of the year. I mean, now he's got it. You know, now uh, Van Dyke's got a chance to to you know redemption. And so I'm telling you, I just I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling. And you know what the folks in Vegas do too, because Miami's a one point favorite. Believe it or not. Oh, we can't believe it. And I'm not one to normally believe. I'm normally believe if it looks too good to be true, it is. But. Uh, I mean, Louisville might be sitting half their roster if that's the case. I think uh, the same amount of people in this studio right now will be at the game in the fan as you know as fans. I'm just saying, probably, yeah. probably pretty accurate, Trey. Especially South Beach noon November. Not a very good Miami. Team. Nice We've weather seen day. This before. And then they get to go up to Boston College on Thanksgiving weekend because that inspires so much confidence for a Miami Hurricanes team as well. Um, we're chatting with Brett Friedlander, by the way, of SaturdayRoad.com. We'll steer the ship back to NC State against Virginia Tech. Brett, most people expect this to be a defensive slugfest game in large part because NC State, they've got a pretty good defense, but their offense, not very good. You know, their offense actually was pretty efficient last, last week. Um, the, the key there is that I, I think that Robert and I and, 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 and Dave Doran have really dumbed down that offense to basically say a punt is as good as, 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 as anything. As long as we don't turn the ball over, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to score, but we're not going to do anything crazy. And if we have to punt, great, because our defense will hold, and we're just going to play a field position game. And when we get opportunities to score in a short field, that's when we're going to put points on the board. And, you know, they, they won last week at Wake Forest 26-6. to And, uh, and, and it's, it's really kind of worked over the last three games. They won three in a row. Uh, Armstrong's back. They have found a weapon in Casey Concepcion, um, who he's a wide receiver, but they've realized that he's basically their only, you know, their only offensive weapon, and so they've developed ways over the last couple of three weeks as to you know how to get him the ball as much as possible. So they run a lot of jet sweeps with him. Uh, they will line him up in the backfield. Uh, uh, they even had him throw a pass uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, but yeah, that that defense is is top notch and. They've had to be. Brett Friedlander, SaturdayRoad.com, with us here in the fast lane. The offense. MJ Morris decides to pull a red shirt out of his hat. His dad says it's not to transfer. I'm cynical in this regard. Before we get, again, back to the game with the NC State offense. Is this a move so that when MJ Morris transfers... The dad can be the subject of the ire and take the bullets for his son. I don't mean this in a bad way, but proverbially speaking. So the dad can take the heat for his son and allow his son to transfer out. It could be. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the era we live in, and you've got to look out for yourself because uh, who's to say that they're not going to bring in another transfer quarterback to play over him next year? But at the same time, it could also be the fact that, listen, the, the plan all along was for him to be a redshirt this year, to learn and, and the, the offense, you know, an eyes offense and be mentored by Brennan, Brennan Armstrong. And, you know, it would be his offense to run next year. And he stepped in, saved the season for him. They went three and one in his four games. And now that he's got him bowl eligible, I mean, he's saying, okay, look, I'm going to save the year eligibility and, you know, let's go back to the original plan. 
So that may be the case, too. I, I really would love for the kid to make a, a statement, because otherwise we're talking on the radio speculating like this. Uh, we, we just don't know. But, you know, if you're a glass-half-full kind of guy, you know, he took one for the team, brought, you know, brought, came back and won those three games and got them bowl eligible and then, you know, looked out for himself. Or if you're a glass-half-empty kind of guy, yeah, he's holding out for a better NIL or transfer deal. That's where I am. I, I hate to be that skeptical, but I've seen this movie before, especially given the value of quarterbacks and guys that have shown some level of ability. The other parts of this is we're chatting with Brett Friedlander of SaturdayRoad.com about a lot of the ACC, but mostly North Carolina State, who will be at Virginia Tech this coming Saturday, 1.30 airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Um, Brennan Armstrong, back in at quarterback. Is he playing with house money now since he was already benched and now they kind of had to go back to him on necessity? Absolutely. And, and he even said so last week that, you know, he right now has got nothing to lose. He basically knows that he's not going to go to the league, or at least as a quarterback. I mean, the way he's run the ball, maybe he maybe gives it a shot uh, as, as a running back. But uh, basically he said he's down to the last, you know, three, four games of his college career, and he's just, he's just going to let it hang out. And he did last week. He ran for, uh, I believe, close to 100 yards in a touchdown. And he, I believe he was 12 of 15 passing for 111 yards and a touchdown. And the big thing is no interceptions because that's really where, what got him in trouble earlier in the season and got him benched was that he was just a turnover machine. Uh, you know, so I, he's playing right now with a little bit more abandon, maybe a lot more confidence. I mean, this is it. This is his opportunity to, you know, for some vindication, to, to win the fans who booed him off the field back. Uh, and... Uh, and, and I think the offense is being tailored to, you know, not put him in situations where he's, uh, you know, he, to give him the opportunity to make mistakes. Do you expect him to throw to a tie, uh, an offensive lineman yes, like, like he did the last time, last time he played Virginia Tech? You know what? It's NC State, so I, you know what? Anything is on the table. Uh, I don't even if it is on purpose or not in purpose. He might he might throw into an offensive lineman, but yeah, it's it's. Listen, I don't think you're going to see a lot of trick plays. I think you're going to see a lot of vanilla, and I'm telling you, it's going to be an offense that is designed to not make mistakes. And if they have to punt, hey, great. But if they can get in the end zone. Great, and they've got a really good kicker with you know fifty plus yard range, so uh, you know it could be a lot of field goals as well. Brett Friedlander, B Freed ACC, and with SaturdayRoad.com, looking ahead to NC State at Virginia Tech. Brett, we'll wrap it up with this one: Does it live up to the billing of a close defensive slugfest, or does this game break in one direction or the other? Well, if NC State is going to win this thing, I think it's going to be a close defensive slugfest. But I think if, if the Hokies can come out and hit them with a hammer early and force them to play from behind and open that offense up, and you, know, you saw what they did to Boston College, and that atmosphere is, has always been great even when the Hokies weren't. But now that the Hokies are starting to show some promise, uh, Lane Stadium can really be an intimidating place. And, and you, if, you can put a, if you can put a number up on them early, I think you can knock them back on their heels and, and, and win this game uh, going away. I think, I think the Hokies are going to win this game, but it's just going to be a matter of you know, do they impose their will early and just pull away and make this thing a route like they did last week, or are they going to have to struggle through this and win, you know, win with a little defense of their own? Bale Bowl, here we come. There you go. Brett, 
thank you for your time today in the fast lane. We always enjoy connecting and catching up. And yes, we will have to do it again soon. And uh, we hope you enjoy the pass to the left tackle for NC State, which no <laughs> doubt will go for a touchdown this time against Virginia Tech. <laughs> I'll keep my eyes open. We'll have the bingo card ready. Brett Friedlander with us here in the fast lane. Again, thanks for his time today. He, that was spicy. He went, you know, he, he said Miami's going to beat Louisville. He said Tech's going to the ACC championship game. How about that? Tech to the ACC championship game. I don't wow. think we'll, – we'll give our full votes of confidence. I guess I'll put all all three of these games down. Obviously, the Tech game will be down, but I'll put Clemson and – Clemson, uh, Carolina, and then I'll put uh, Louisville-Miami on the list, I guess, for this week. We'll get it all tomorrow in the fast lane. You, in the meantime, we'll get ready to go to whatever CBS Sports Radio has until Tech Talk Live at 7 p.m. on W226 BG Timberlake, WVGMA in Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside. We're back tomorrow afternoon. 5 to 6 p.m.